0: you don't eat meat right uh no i'm back to meat a little bit yeah pro is is the first vegan in the world to put on weight (laughs) weight. yeah hey
1: god bless me welcome to rogue bows the basketball series another fortnight with myself andrew bogart and mike picropio and some throwings from trent here producer trent pro's favorite producer in the world What's going on, bro? Bogues, not a hell of a lot. All-star weekend, so that means I'm not
2: really watching any basketball, which is good. Get a little a bit of a break from it. And um, watched a little bit last night. We'll get into that, but not uh, not much at all. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about that.
1: Yeah, you and me both. Uh, I think the All-Star game is on right now as we record this, so that tells you where our priorities lie. Um, this is way more important. But yeah, uh, we'll get into that a little bit soon, uh, but it does give us some time to kind of do some house cleaning and not watch too much basketball for a couple of days, but we'll get into the couple of weeks that was with our team of the weeks of this week, bro.
2: You know what? I'm going to go out of the box a little bit and say, because I don't think we give them enough love on here, the Chicago Bulls. I don't even know what their record is, Bogues, in the last 10. I think they're like 5-5, <laughs> and five. but I'll tell you what. They went from dead to like um, up to this podcast, Bogues. I think they're like something like eighth in the East, if I'm not mistaken, let me just check that out. Um, Right now in the East folks, they're eighth in the East and they were dead. You know, a few, a few weeks ago, we're talking about firing Billy Donovan. You got to break the team up. And now they're, you know, they're not great. They're 26 and 29, but you know, I don't know. I guess Levine being out is, is the common denominator there, but they're playing great. Kobe white, of course, I cut him second week in f- my fantasy, fantasy team, and he's fucking killing it at 20-5. and five. Uh, DeMar DeRozan's playing well. Vooch is playing well. Um, yeah, like Alex Caruso, gritty as hell. So I'm going to give it to them. I know it's not really a popular pick by most people's account, but I'll tell you what, I got to give it to them. They, they went from a team that everybody was saying they going to jump off a cliff to – yeah, I mean – I mean, eighth, eighth in the East, which isn't an easy feat. So I'll give it to them.
1: Yeah, they could have easily put the cue in the rack and just, just stop playing, um, powdered, you know, guys get traded, bought out, fire the coach, blah, blah, blah. So you give them credit for continuing to persevere and, and at least be competitive. Um, we'll see if they can stick there by the end of the season. They are a full four and a half games ahead of 11, which is Brooklyn. So they should, they should stay in that playing realm um i doubt they'll catch orlando in eight they'll probably be living somewhere in that nine or ten um but yeah the zach levine thing man that's that's the adjustment it seems for them you know he, the games he's played in this year they haven't been great as soon as he went down with the injury and then try to come back they 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 had a lull again when he came back and when he's out of the lineup they play much better they started playing drum in more minutes as well which i think has helped um you Know whether you love or hate Drummond, I think he's a very, very good option as a backup. Big comes in, his physical, gets a lot of offensive rebounds. Um, so I think they've been good. You know, Kobe White's growth has continued to, to to go upward now. Um, he's really seems like the last month or two he's really taken up that role of being a bit more of a scorer and being aggressive. So, not an awful pick. I mean, Cleveland is. What are they, Trent? Twenty and two in their last twenty-two, or something like that, or eighteen and two in their last twenty? Eighteen and two
2: in their last twenty. Oh, they're killing it. I think, I, yeah, I think I already picked them a couple of times.
1: Yeah, so Cleveland's been born. I think, yeah, we both picked them in individual weeks. Um, so could do, could definitely do them again. But the reason why I didn't do them, um, I did some study on this and did some research for Once pro and, and Boston as well. Eight and two in their last ten. Cleveland nine and one. But I looked at their strength of schedule in those wins, and they played a lot of shitty teams. So I just was like, you know what? I'm going to use the Golden State Warriors. Uh, They have probably the similar story to the Chicago Bulls, minus the firing. Well, there were some people that wanted Kirk on when the whole Kaminga drama started, but they were in a similar position to the Chicago Bulls. So they were almost dead to rights. I think they got to 12 at one point, if not 13. They didn't get to 13. They were at 12 for a bit. Looked like they were done. And they're 8-2 in their last 10 since Draymond's suspension, been playing... Very, very good basketball uh, since Draymond's come back. Draymond's actually shooting the ball well from three in his in his last couple of weeks. He's really looks like he's he's kind of just just letting it fly and not thinking about it. Um, well for him, pro before you say something, uh, but yeah, he's he's definitely <laughs> definitely gotten better there. Uh, putting in what's his name? Pod, is it uh, Podziemski? Brandon Podziemski yep. has been a, a blessing in disguise. Putting in just a young, energetic guy comes in their lineup and just plays hard. And they they bench Clay first time in his career. Comes off. I think he had 35 off the bench the other night. And and look, that's I, I think Clay's pro- probably still a starter in this league, but I think that role for him, I think it makes it helps him take a deep breath and just he doesn't have to be as stressed about take you know, Clay's gonna take bad shots. I've played with him, like he's gonna take contested shots sometimes, quick shots. That's just the way he plays, that's how he gets himself going, right? And sometimes if you're a starting guy like Steph or Draymond, you might get frustrated by that sometimes, which happens. You know, you've seen Draymond going at him numerous times, like the bad shot. I think now in that second unit, his conscience can go to zero because you're the guy in that second unit, and you can just just feel like I don't feel guilty taking this bad shot. So I think it helped him in that in that uh, lineup off the bench. But they they look like they're starting to get it together now. Are they are they, are they championship contention? Probably not, um, but it's still a team. You know, playing in this kind of form, you probably don't want to face in the playoffs, especially if they come out of that plane. So I've been impressed by the way they've managed to work things out. Steve's obviously played Kaminga much more. Kaminga's been playing much better. Um, they put a lot of a lot of little wrinkles into getting him going downhill, involved with, you know, Steph or Clay and ball screens, which is a good good little mix up there. So, and then Chris Paul should supposed to be back soon, possibly after all-star break. I haven't really heard a whole lot about where, where that's all at. So they they could, you know, sneakily get in get into a play-in and, and then cause some damage. They are, uh, they're only five full games at a sixth. So the West is pretty tight when you get from basically 11 up. Um, it is pretty tight. So we'll be interested to see where they where they finish up, bro.
2: Yeah, Bogues, They're they're an interesting mix. I mean, I think from where they are, talent and age wise, I think they needed to make a change. I didn't really see a Clay Thompson to the bench thing coming, but I think that when you, they were taking their hits early, playing Kaminga all these minutes was been great for his development. Not really a, a finished product, and if I have to hear one more time that he's a mini Giannis, I'm going to throw up for the fifth time about it. He's nowhere near him. He's no. He's he's not a poor man. He's not a ghettos man. He's not anything. Get, uh, Giannis, but he's his own player. He's, he's, you know, he's active. He could drive it. Um, he could straight line drive it. He just doesn't, he doesn't really do a lot of the other things that he does, but he's been really good um he's got he's he's made a pretty good jump and i think like i've always said in the show i think nba minutes in your head coach is what's going to develop you as a player because you need those nba minutes it's not you know just workouts it's not just d league it's not it's it's you need minutes in the league and i think he's gotten that and they were bad but he sort of you know grew through some grow you know growing pains and some issues and i think clay thompson coming off the bench now with a, you know, a heavy trigger finger that could actually score and, you know, help them on the second unit. I think, you know, I think that really, obviously, it really jumps out of them. And, you know, Podziminski, uh if I even pronounce that even close to being right, I- I've really liked him this year. Tough kid, floaters, running hooks. You know, doesn't really nothing really phases the kid. He's not a finished product, not a great player by any stretch, but he's very versatile. He, he gives you some good offense. Um, he gives you someone who's just not afraid of anyone. And I think that um, this is a different look of a team, and and I think that that it's going to really help them. And look, you know, it, it was a meant it was a mind fuck for clay for clay probably over the past month or so with not really playing well um, getting benched in certain times of games especially late games in some in some situations and then you start to doubt yourself a little bit oh, look I'm not going to play that this is what he was thinking because I have no idea what he's thinking Um, but I do know that you know once you stabilize yourself and figure out okay I'm coming off the bench this is what I have to do that's what winning players do and, and sometimes you got to look in the mirror and say look this isn't you know, this isn't three years ago anymore. Five years ago anymore. I got to really change the way I play. I got to, the team has to change the way they play me. And I just got to figure out how I'm going to impact winning. I think he's done that. Um, and look, Steph's, you know, Steph's going to be Steph he's going to do his thing. And, you know, Draymond, if he's not busy threatening to shank people and, you know, in, from his bench, I think he's been pretty effective since he's come back. And um, yeah, this is a this is a pretty interesting Golden State tooth. Was it a shank?
0: I don't know. Look, it looked strange. Yeah, the, yeah,
2: it was. No, 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 no. I'm gonna cut you. I'm gonna cut you. And he gave the shank sign, like he just fucking, like like he just <laughs> shaved, you know, like <laughs> he carved th- up a carved up a fucking uh, toothbrush. Well, and he had, he, fucking he was doing the yet. ring
0: thing first, right? And then straight after that, that's why I just didn't understand why what. what uh, th- Content. I'm gonna
2: fucking cut you," he said under his like like they if you if you read his lips, I think it was I'm gonna fucking cut you. I don't <laughs> no, know if Trent's the, start, the, but, the
0: strangest. Yeah, it was fucking hilarious. The content, what, like, why?
2: <laughs> what? I don't know. I, I think it was um. What was I? I watched the game too. It, it was something. I think. <sighs> it was some kind of confrontation. Yeah. So basically got separated.
3: What what I saw was that him and PG were kind of going at it. And uh, like Mm -hmm. they were saying, both calling each other like bitches and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then they're both like, do something, do something. And then obviously they got separated. And as Draymond head to the bench, he kind of flashed the four fingers. And then what it looks like he's doing is like insinuating that he will, like, I'll stab you. I'll (laughs) thank you. So (laughs) I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, (laughs) it
2: was, it was know. something out of some, like, 1980s gang movie. It was fucking hilarious. I got to text I was, my guy. I got to find out what the hell know. he was
0: doing. Because I, I saw the hand sign, but I was still like, when everyone was saying he threatened to stab him, I'm like, no way. It can't, like, it, it can't be right, but... Man, of course he's
2: not gonna do it. He's just talking no, shit. No, but like, even to do, I even to it was, even to
0: talk shit by saying I'm gonna stab you, <laughs> especially after- it was like
2: the guy in white man. It was like the guy a white man can't jump, Marcus Johnson, when he said he's gonna uh, he's gonna get his razor blade and cut everybody up. <laughs> I thought it was fucking hilarious. But man. it just
0: got out of rehab, right? Like it's like that's why I was just like, you just Nah, just- come on. Anyway, yeah, rehab, rehab. Anyway, all right. Who I ate a salad yesterday, by the way. Did Go you? Ahead. Yeah, you're vegan anyway. No, I didn't pro is vegan i didn't neither did day. he go to fucking you're yeah. vegan
2: right if vegans eat nothing but fried foods yeah i'm all in on that no but you don't eat meat right uh no i'm back to meat a little oh, bit you are. But <laughs> yeah, yeah Pro was, was the
0: first vegan in the world to put on weight <laughs> on the yeah way. hey <laughs> on the god bless me um surely we both had the same team for a week i'll let you go go ahead yeah same team it's gotta be the walkie box right like I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fucking horrible, man.
1: Um,
2: I do want to talk about them after you're done. Okay, I do. Okay. I do want to talk about them a little bit. But go ahead. You give me your your synopsis. I've caught
1: a few of their games. Um, I caught the the game at at Utah where they had complete control of that game and then capitulated in the fourth quarter. Uh, they were up double digits at, at one point, looked okay. Um, but some of their losses, man. You look at that. They lost to Memphis. Right before the All Star break, where Doc's being quoted as saying, "Guys are already in Cancun." Um, Probably not the best comment. Carbo, Carbo, sorry, Uh, not not the the best comment to make in game. What nine or ten with your new club? (laughs) But anyway, um, they beat Denver and Charlotte, lost to Minnesota at home, lost to Phoenix. Okay, either way, the Utah one they should have won. Lost at Portland, so they've had some bad losses, Um, and it just it just looks. I don't know. It looks like they're. They're straying from each other. They don't look together that team. They don't look close. They don't look like the the Milwaukee. But even under Griffin, they had the issues with the coach, but they still look like they were playing for each other. Right now it looks like they're all searching for, you know, what's my role? What am I doing? But outside of Giannis and Dame, it's it, it's clunky. And Dame's, you know, shooting horrific since he since, you know, pretty much since the new year, I think it is. He's in the thirties, I believe. Um and, and he he doesn't look like the old Dame. I mean, it's I've spoken about it at length. When you're the number one guy like you are in Portland and you know you're 0 for 12 or, or 3 for 15, it's still going to come back to you because you're the number one guy. Now you're on a squad where you're the number two, sometimes number three if Middleton's got it going. Um, you know, it can drive for you and you might not see it. So he, he's struggling with that. I know he's got some off-court issues, which we're not going to get into, but there's a lot of off-court issues going on with Dame. Away from the floor, I think that's probably affected him in a new city. So they just—they don't look great. Um, The Doc Rivers thing, you know, he's he's getting a lot of shit as well for for the, you know, was it the right hiring? And and just I still scratch my head. At you know, God bless his agent, bro. Like God bless his agent. You know, to get a three-year, thirty million, um, unbelievable. And I, I also just read the Milwaukee Bucks are paying three coaches at the moment this season. Um, or about they're paying about thirty million dollars in coaches' salaries for this season, uh, between Griffin, um, Mike, Bud, and 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 Doc. But yeah, it just doesn't look good. It doesn't pass smell test to me. They they just look clunky. They don't look together. Hopefully, this All Star break gives them a little bit of space from each other, and they figure out what they want to do because they should still be potentially a, a conference finalist. Um, if not, get on a good run and could potentially make a finals. But the way they look right now. You know that could be they could be first round if not second round exit. Bugs,
2: you know, uh, for the past couple, you've been hearing it all season about their ups and downs and things like that. You get the whole coach deal. Look, Doc had leverage. There was nobody else that you could have got at the time. I think the, the, the first thing we talked about this last show about the team, number one, the team just shut him, you shut off Griffin. So the Griffin thing, you like him as a coach. You don't like him as a coach. As an owner, you got to take control of your team in the sense that, all right, do I just keep on doing this? Even though our guys are shutting this guy off or, you know, do I make a change? And they since they decided to make a change, Doc, I mean, there's really no one else you could have hired at that point. You're not going to take an assistant on someone else's bench. There isn't really any other head coaches floating around that's, you know, you're going to hire George Carl. I mean, you know, Doc was probably the best guy there at the time. Now, at the time of the firing, you know, they're 30 and 13 when they fired Adrian. Out of the 13 wins, 14 came from the bottom 10 of the league, bottom five, bottom five of the East West. They didn't play anybody in the top five in the West at the time. They've got they were seven and seven against the top five of the East, not counting them. Um, so they and they were giving up hundred and twenty points a game. So there's a lot of things that were factored in there. Out of their thirty wins, you know, four came against, you know, four came from Detroit, two came from San Antonio. You know, they didn't play. They weren't playing great, even though their record was good. I'm not saying they were bad or anything, but I'm just saying. You know, progress is never free and, and especially in this league. So they, they swapped out offense They swapped out defense for offense and, and debt. So they got this team. That's not very deep. They, you know, they got Dame with the scoring, but they gave up defense, obviously, you know, and what it is just with drew holiday. And it was just, they just don't have enough right now. And I think that, you know, a lot of it was oh they changed up the scheme with Brooke Lopez. I get it. You're not as good as a rim protecting team as you were, you know, without him, but you know, with them in this this new scheme instead of being in drop, they were being a little bit more aggressive. Well, they sort of had to be when now because they don't have the defense on the ball. Like who's guarding the ball? Middleton's on one leg, Beasley's on a defender, Dame's on a defender. So, you got to have some type of defense sort of on the ball. I don't know. I'm not a defensive guy like that, but this team you know, and then they say, "Well, we can't guard anybody. We can't guard anybody. So, what do you do in the buyout market? You know, you buy. You, you know, you signed. You know, Gallinari. I mean, when's the last time he made a fucking stop? I mean, you know, it's a little bit Pat of a Bev. tough mix. Now, they got Pat Bev. And Dave we'll a- has B- got left Dame in the a- tank.
0: Great relationship.
2: Yeah, that's great. And it took him like all of like three quarters of a game to piss off half the team. Remember? Yeah, yeah, did you see that when he was trying <laughs> Lopez, to diagram or something la- with
0: Lopez? Yeah, and Lopez is like. Get away from me dude, yeah, get the on.
2: fuck away from me, I mean, look, they're a good team they got they got good pieces, but they're not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination, and like they're seven and seven against the top five, Boston is nine and three nine and four against the top five at the in the same stretch, and look, you gotta take care of you you gotta be able to win games, and yeah, you could blame doc all you want, but when you lose to Memphis, I don't care about all star break or not. You got to compete in this league, and if you allow yourself to lose games like that, you know. I think they beat Denver once, and yeah, the Denver you know, win had at home. Games.
1: They beat Denver at home, which was a good win, but yeah, it's still.
2: But you got to compete, man. Yeah, look, coaching's so overrated in this league. It really is. I mean, coaching could take you to different places, no doubt, no doubt about it. But you got to line up and compete. Giannis is shooting, you know, sixty-five from the line, you know. 25 from the three. Look, he's puts up monumental numbers, but if you can't make your free throws, I don't care how many finals games you've done 17 out of 18 or 16 out of 17, you're not making your free throws. And that's a problem. There's a bunch of problems. It's not just one person, but you can't really point it just a Doc. Doc came in two weeks ago. This team has to gather, you know, gather up. And they got to figure some shit out, especially defensively. Because if you don't plug the set, now, ironically, Bogues, since Doc took over, they've only let up 113 a game. I don't know how the fuck that happens, but, um, you know, maybe it's the teams that play in pace. I have no idea, but it's an interesting deal for sure.
1: Yeah, and it's something that I, I, that's the reason why I didn't like the trade. Um, I didn't like the trade for Drew for Dame just because you're bringing offense for defense. But the kicker to that was, Middleton's on one leg. Your 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 other primary minute player on the perimeter is coming off knee surgery. So now you got two bad defenders on the perimeter. Yeah, you have good rim protection in 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 Lopez and, and Giannis, but you got you, and Beasley's not great, like you said. If if Middleton was completely healthy with no injuries, okay, maybe maybe it works. I hated it for that very reason. You got two bad and they're gonna find those two guys in all their actions, teams that are playing against them. So here's a here's a useful use of stat for you early, Pro trend just pulled up just to to double down on, on, on my Dame Lillard shooting bad in 2024. Giannis is shooting better from three than Dame in 2024.
2: Time to, time to fire your shooting coach, man. <laughs> so Giannis, <laughs> is at 30, Giannis
1: is at 30.2 in 2024, and Dame is 29.6. That's 20 games in the, since the start of the new year. So you're not going to win a lot of games when you're bet, one of your main stay volume shooters from three who has a lot of the ball. You're shooting 29.6% from three, so they definitely have to fix that. All right, All Star Game. Just quickly, Trey Young and Scotty Barnes were named late as All Star replacements. That's going on right now. We're not going to get too much into it. Um, I didn't. Get, I didn't watch a dunk contest for the most part. Seen some highlights. Was a shit show. Uh, G League guys won it again in Mac McClung. <laughs> but basically, that says it all for for the dunk contest. Three point shootout. Shit show, um, guys, telling the line. Dame Lillard basically shouting that out in the interview by saying, "I don't know why they have the referees there because you can just break all the rules." But he ends up winning that one. The skills challenge is the one that's that's pissed off Trent. Pro, he's, he's not happy about it. Um, but I don't know if you <laughs> saw any of that. But I saw some highlights, and it was like there's guys. I heard that, about it. There's got like they literally weren't taking it seriously. Edward shot at left hand. Trent, is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Edwards did the whole
3: thing left handed, the entire skills contest. I don't know if uh, there was a great photo online of the, you know, the passing challenge. Yeah. The the whole for the passing challenge has doubled by like three times since 2013, <laughs> and Scotty Barnes was like dribbling the ball off his leg and shooting overhead threes and doing all sorts like, yeah, backwards overhead threes. It was atrocious.
0: Yeah. So it was it was a shit show, bro. And then and then
1: you've got the the shooting challenge as well. I saw a highlight of that. Scotty Barnes was shooting his spot. They're that little spot at the charge circle to get like a quick one point in your shooting challenge. He missed five straight mm. of those from from three feet. So it was nice. It was ugly. And and something I don't watch. I know it's generally people will say it's not for the, the the purest basketball fan, but far out, man. It's 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 hard to watch any of that shit. The three point contest, okay, fair enough. We also had the Steph versus uh yeah, yeah, I and mean, that was good to watch, just to see, and um, she can shoot the piss out of it. So I would have liked to have seen her in the actual contest with with, with the rest of them just to see how that goes. But um, yeah, pro, just just not something that I'm too fond of.
2: I think they have to reset the whole thing. I think they they've got to to figure some things out. I do like the Steph and you know and Sabrina deal. I, I say with the Rising Skills Challenge, you put you put like four WNBA players on each team and you play the game with two WNBA players on the floor at all times on both teams. I'm serious and let that happen because like you got to do something different. Like horse we talked about, like I think you do horse. I think you do one-on-one. Horse will be great
1: pro. I th- like like seeing Luka shoot over his head from half court, the full court, the half court b- shot off the bounce that he made, called it, Steph shooting yeah. from like, you know, the bleachers. Like, oh, yeah. that, that shit That's would be hard. really cool to watch. I would watch that. Like, that'd be cool to see. Yeah.
2: Horse, one-on-one, rising skills challenge with, I'm telling you, have two WNBA players on the court because it'll be some comedy and it will be, look, I mean, for everybody saying that the women's game isn't promoted enough, what's more, you know, what's better than playing on All-Star Saturday? And then you just let them play. And then – do that, do something, do something different. Have, you know, you've got all these, um, like, I don't know, maybe you do, you have like these young kids that are playing in the, you know, in the NBA academies, let them play against, I don't know, some other, like a WNBA team or, uh, the rising skills or something. Because it seems like right now that everybody, the only th- thing that's getting the best ratings besides the Steph and Sabrina thing was the, you know, the fucking uh, celebrity game. You know, like, they care about nonsense. So, why not, like, just yuck it up, change just it double up. double down on Fuck nonsense. that dunk contest. Yeah, double down on nonsense. I'm telling you, WNBA versus Rising Stars Challenge. You know, you know, I think that, like, have that. Like, mixed teams. Why not? And then, you know, and then you got... Uh, Kenny Smith said something, you know, I don't know if it was dumb, not dumb, whatever, but... I don't know if you caught this one, but he was saying that like, and it's not, look, I think it was an honest question. Look, he's not the brightest bubble in the fucking tree, but he was like, you know, Sabrina should shoot. Um, he wasn't saying shooting a seven foot rim or anything like that. He said she, he should she should shoot from the women's line. And then like, he got a bunch of shit like that online. Like, oh, he's tone deaf, blah, 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 blah. But then they were saying like, Reggie did double down on it later in the uh, broadcast and saying that, you know, that, Kenny said that Sabrina should be playing with dolls. I don't know how that came about, but like, <laughs> wow, really? You know, but but by just yeah, 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 yeah. like it, they just were busting each other's balls like they usually do. But I don't know, man. The whole thing was a fucking, you know. I, like I said, I like that part. I like the three point contest. I always have, always will. Um, and then I like the shootout between those two. But I think. I think that it just needs a revamp. And I think, like I said, horse people would watch it because it's nonsense. I think a mixed game would like it because it's nonsense and plus the girls thing is you know, promoted. And I think that doing a one-on-one, that's what they like. And by the way, all these guys who can't dribble, that's all they do with their trainers all fucking year. And they can't dribble in a skills challenge. I don't understand. I don't understand. 98% of their drills they do are ISO dribble drills. in. They then they can't dribble in the skills challenge. Yeah, I, I would assume very
1: interesting. Scotty Barnes and Edwards will be getting a call from the league um about that. They they'll, they'll definitely be getting like take, like making taking taking a absolute piss out of the events. I, I I would say they're not gonna get invited back and uh, yeah, the league will find a way to get them back in the long run. Maybe Barnes will be on, on, on a fringe of an all star team and all of a sudden he won't be that replacement. But you you can't go doing that. That was that was that was bad. Um, I wouldn't go watch any of the shit. Uh, one on one, I would watch proper one on one horse. I would watch three point shootout. Everything else, I wouldn't watch. Um, NBA All Star Game now is back to East West. Don't know how that's going. Don't really care. So, that's about as much All Star as you will get from us. Uh, I'm gonna go through all the trades and movements and shit that's happened in the last two weeks, pro, and then we'll, we'll we'll knuckle down on maybe three or four of these as I go through them. There's a lot, so bear with me here. Um, but we'll go through all the trades that have unfolded in the last, just a, about a month. Um, oh, sorry, from from the 7th of, of February till, till now. Pistons traded Fontecchio to, to the Jazz. Kevin Knox, 24 second-round pick draft rights to Gabrielle Proceder have gone to Utah. Celtics received Xavier Tillman. Grizzlies received 2027 second-round pick via Atlanta. 2030 second-round pick via Dallas uh timberwolves they receive monte morris pistons shaka Mil- middleton shaka milton sorry uh trey brown jr second round pick 76 ers receive buddy healed Pacers get marcus morris cork three second round picks i think a decent trade for both teams there and buddy hill's been pretty useful for, for philly so far raptors receive kelly olenik back to his canadian roots uh, Agbaji and Jazz receive Kira Lewis, Otto Porter, 24 first-round pick. Thunder receive Gordon Haywood and Hornets receive Trey Mann, Davis Bertans. Pistons receive Quinson Grimes and Evan Fournier. Malachi, Malachi Finn, Ryan, I don't even, how do we say that, Trent? Uh, RCD Diacono, RCD Di, RC, that's Italian, Pro, you should fucking know that. How do we say it? R C D Diacono. Fun fact: He's
3: the only NBA player to play 20 games and not uh, put up any points scoring in 20 point. straight games. Yeah, so- <laughs> sounded
2: like my high, sounded like my senior year in high school, Boggs.
1: <laughs> yeah, not a good stat. Uh, second round pick. Uh, Knicks received Alex Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich. Good move for the Knicks to bring some more scoring off the bench. Philadelphia trades Daniel House and 24 second round pick to the Pistons via the Knicks. Nets received in a Schroeder. 30s. Hold on, Boggs. Yo,
2: on this. Dennis Smith did not get traded in this. That was misreported. Misreported. In so which, everything else but Dennis Smith on this trade. On the next trade coming up. Oh.
0: Oh, really? He wasn't in the deal, was he?
2: Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> he busted Woj's balls and uh because oh, it, it. it? And I thought it yeah, I, I think that he he just put it out there and then uh I have no idea. He put some emoji out there with like his eyes or something like that, like uh answering the tweet. I thought it was pretty funny. Well, go ahead. Just everything but Dennis Smith on that is is, is accurate.
3: Yeah, Woj, Woj
1: put out the wrong tweet. <laughs> wow. The world is fucking falling down. All right. Schroeder, Thaddeus Young, go to the Nets. Raptors receive Spencer Dinwiddie, who then was subsequently waived and was sitting with Rob Pelinka the next day and then shockingly signed with the Lakers. Mavs receive PJ Washington, two second-round picks, and Hornets receive Grant Williams, Seth Curry, 27 first-round pick, and that's a good move for uh, for Dallas there. They didn't get much out of Grant Williams. Suns receive Royce O'Neill, David Roddy, Grizzlies receive Pick Swap, and Nets receive three second-round picks in that deal. Royce O'Neal's a good pick up there for Phoenix. Bucks receive Pat Bev, 76 has receive Campaign, a 27 second-round pick, Pacers receive uh Doug uh Doug McDermott and Spurs receive Marcus Morris to be waived and a second round pick. That's all the trades there, pro. Anything ones that stand out for me, I think Dallas, PJ Washington's gonna help them a little bit off the bench. Um I like Royce O'Neal for the Sun, just another defender, a gritty grimy guy that doesn't need the ball. Pat Bev will be comedy in Milwaukee, so that'll be fun to watch. Um I like Buddy Hill to Philly right now, especially needing a bit more scoring to try to hold the fort. Um have you heard anything about Embiid? and the timeline pro do you think he'll be back before no playoffs? i have not
2: yeah no. i haven't so they, four to six they usually just, right? just all that yeah all that bullshit saying they're optimistic i mean they might be and they might know something that we don't obviously but uh nothing has said has been official they just yeah, said I they're haven't, i haven't seen a timeline time
1: the yeah. other trade that i like i like gordon haywood if they can get him healthy and i th- the reason why i like it is yes gordon Haywood's had his injury history. Um, but he doesn't need to be a big player, big minute player for the Thunder, and I think come playoff time, if they can just baby him to the playoffs, they're saying he might be back after All Star All Star break, maybe within a week or two. If they can baby him with you know 15 minutes off the bench to the playoffs. I think they can. He could win him a playoff game. Um, in one of those one of those nights where things aren't going well. You know, if he's not shooting it well, maybe SGA doesn't have it going. You bring a guy like that that just knows how to score in this league and, and is a veteran and maybe has a 25-minute night where he gets you 21 points. I think that's a pretty pretty sneaky good pickup, in my opinion, pending health, of course. Um, all right, here we go. Joe Allen beat underwent surgery on his left meniscus. Will be out at least – at least four weeks uh, as the 76 sixers gave their first timeline, and that was on the 6th of February. So, yeah, it I mean, late March, early April, and the issue with him again Pro, is going to be what kind of shape is he coming back in, right? That's going to be the mm-hmm. the problem with Joel Embiid. Um, but that's that's the trades right now. Pro, anything else you want to hit on?
2: I really like what Dallas did. Um, Dallas and New York, I think, really improved their team. I think Dallas shoring up their front court with Gafford um, from Washington – and then also PJ Washington, which they start. Um, I thought they were going to bring him off the bench, but they start him and Lively together, and and just go. Um, they go with Luca, or you know Kyrie, Josh Green, PJ, and Lively, and, and Lively. Lively to me is a top four or five rookie in in this year's draft. So I, I think they've done a great job, just sort of shoring some things up. That team wasn't trending in the right direction with Grant Williams and. Look, maybe it's just not a good fit for Grant. Grant wasn't a good fit for them, however you want to say it. But I think they really helped themselves. I think that New York really helped themselves with Bogdanovich and just shoring up that second unit. I think, look, you know, if you could shore up the second unit and nothing really changes up front with your starters, I think it's great. You know, you got Alec Burks, you got Bogdanovich. You know, it just it's it's really good on your second unit. Um, and I think that they they did pretty well. Like you said, the um the buddy heel thing really helped, really helped Philly. I think Charlotte. You, you watch Charlotte play, and maybe Grant Williams is good for them coming off the bench and just being a tough guy that comes off the bench and scores and does their thing. You know, whenever they're going to figure out what's what they're going to do with Bridges long term. And um, but uh, yeah, there's some interesting things that happen. But um, the Hayward thing, like you said, it shores them up with shooting. He doesn't need the ball. If they could just get them healthy by playoffs, they're going to need they're going to need shooting. You know, they they got a good team, but they they got to improve. You know, improve the amount of players they could put on the floor shooting the ball and and just spacing it out. Uh, but yeah, uh, uh, they don't shoot a ton of threes either, but they they do take good ones. But well, like um, Gafford yeah, really Gafford's sh-
1: been good for Dallas in the short stint as well. Um, that was that trade was yeah. done. We announced that a couple of couple of weeks ago, but he's been fairly solid for them. A nice high energy hard role guy for Luke and Avalon team. So I like, I like what Dallas has done. I think they, they've gotten a nice little boost, um, to, to, to get into the playoffs. All right. Haywood Highsmith struck an individual who was assisting a stranded driver on the road. That's Miami heats Highsmith. So who knows what's going to happen there? Uh, PJ Tucker demands a trade to a contending team where he has an opportunity to play minutes. Oh, well, okay. I don't think there's very many of them floating around, but anyway, then he gets sent home by the Clippers along with Bones Highland to reset his, reset his mindset and he'll rejoin post all-star break. Um, then he was fined $75,000 by the NBA for his public trade demand. So this is, this is a tough one. You know, he's, he's a obviously a very valuable role player, but there's just, you know, the Clippers are rolling right now. Um, they're playing well, and he's a three and D guy at best. Uh, didn't shoot the ball that, that well last season and, and, and didn't get a whole lot of minutes and notoriously had a few of those lines of, you know, 20 minutes and zero points and all that kind of stuff. But he is a valuable guy at certain times. And, you know, maybe if you face KD in in a playoff series, I think that's where he will be the most valuable, right? But um, you hate to see a guy towards the end of his career going down this route. Sometimes you just got to realize that, you know, we all get there, like pros talking about Clay Thompson and whatnot, um, then causing these kind of problems, I think, just isn't isn't good for anyone. It just shows that now, at the end of this season, I think it's highly unlikely he ends up on a roster because if you're a young team and you want to bring in a veteran that does things the right way, well, he's just proven he's not that. Um, And then if you're a contending team, you're like, shit, if we bring him in for small spot minutes, is he going to lose his marbles and we're going to have to send him home? So I think he's hurt himself really badly here, Pro. If he had wishes to extend his career for another year or two as a vet guy, I think the last probably month has not helped his cause.
2: Nah, he's thirty eight. Bogues. he's banged up. You know, look, if you're in this league long enough to age past your sort of, I don't know, usefulness. I guess you want to say it, it. Not, not, not many players even get to that. But the players who do, I think they really struggle with it at first. And you know, if if you could roll with the punches and be like, you know what and it's hard because everybody's delusional in that league and and that's part of the that's part of what makes them good you know they they all think they're better than they are and i think you have to have that type of confidence in yourself but if you you got to be self-aware and say look i'm not where i used to be let me adjust to this as hard as that's going to be let me adjust to it and let me move forward with it or i'm just going to get flushed out nobody's bigger than the shield there are very few players that are even close to being as big as the, as the nba logo and you got to be you got to figure out look it's not about me i'm very replaceable you know like you said and it's not like he's 34 doing this he's 38 N- you now besides lebron james and a couple of uh, choice other players when you get close to 40 there's no place for you so y- there's no choice but to say you know what We got a really good chance to be a championship team, win a ring. Let me just do this. Let me just be here. Let me help as much as possible. But look, it's easy for us to say it, but when you're going through it, it's not fun. And by saying stuff like, I think he said it like last week and, and and Trent could, you know, Trent could probably co-sign if he could find it, but he was something like, I didn't, I I was, I didn't force my way to get here. Basically, like I didn't, not that I didn't want to be here, but it wasn't like I was begging to be here. He was, I think he was part of that hardened trade that, you know, and that three way trade that was made with Philly. But like, like you said, you got to, you got to just get along and play the game a little bit. You're not 31 walking down everybody in the league anymore. You're not 35 walking up in the league anymore. You're 38. That's, that's not a, that's not a great number. You know, That's why so. Haslam.
1: What Haslam did, what Haslam, you know, Haslam had done was 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 good because he he understood that pretty early on in his thirties. Like knew, like hey, I am a role guy. Let's not, you know, let's not cause any problems. Let's just be a good teammate in the locker room, and and ended up being a a, a guy that they valued just from that point of view. So if, if PJ had aspirations of playing on, that would be the only way he would. Like it's if he if he's in that delusional mindset of like. I'm not playing. I need to get my numbers up because I'm a free agent. Well, it's like, like pros, you're 38, man. Like no one's, no one's, no one's waiting to see what numbers you put up. Your value is locker room. Can we throw you in a playoff series in a seven games? It was a Corey Brewer of the Mavs, right? Like when, when the Mavs were on that championship series, that was a game five or four. Um, there was a game, I think it was the conference finals, was it? Or the finals? Um, I can't remember what um, game
2: was. Conference finals, I think. I yeah, think like Brew had and played
1: all – basically had and played all playoff series, and then Rick throws him in a random game, and he – I think he had a 20-point night or a 15-point night, just changed a game with his energy, knocks some threes down, and that was it. And they, you know, he ended up getting uh, – having a long-term career beyond that because people saw, shit, this guy didn't play for three months and came in and changed one game in a playoff series that won him that series. So that's just something PJ's got to hopefully fix. Uh, Miles Bridges will not approve any trades out of Charlotte – and also the charges I believe were dropped um, that he had pending as well, three which is interesting. Them? Yeah, three, three of them. Things. Yeah, I so don't know what that means. Well, so like, yeah, never do I. Um, but, but, the, but but he won't won't approve yeah, any trades br- out of Charlotte. I guess he sees that they're building something special there, like Coos does in uh, Washington.
2: Oh fuck! No, he didn't. Did you? do you know why he did it? Because they signed him to a qualifying offer, and if they traded him, he's got no bird rights anymore. So to like. You know if you sign the the one year deal the the qualifying offer because of the whole you know the whole case that was against them if you sign the qualifying offer, you could veto trades and then you you know if you stay with that team, you get bird rights if they trade you during that one year deal, you lose your bird rights. So he loses a lot of chances to make money if he really, you know, if he really hits it out of the park. Because now Charlotte, if they wanted to, could sign and trade him, or they could sign him, you know, and they could sign him for pretty really good money. So, and plus, you want to stay in the team. I'm not saying this, but a, like to be a super max kind of guy, not that he is, you got to stay on one team. You can't, you can't be moving teams, and you can't be signed and trade for it. So it's pretty smart. Uh, at first I was like, first of all, wait a minute, you need to be on a, on the same team for like 10 years to get Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. to yeah. get Yeah. So I thought So but- I looked that up. I looked that up and it was if you sign the qualifying offer, you have veto rights, which is really smart. So
1: uh kudos to his agent. Yeah, smart and uh Bridges haven't gone together t- too much in the past, so it's good to have those two those two words <laughs> in the same <laughs> sentence. Um Detroit waived Joe Harris, a really good shooter. Um, just just hasn't hasn't found his way. Uh, but that's pretty interesting. One of three Kobe Bryant statues revealed. Two first round picks or top ten or top ten is it? So number seven pick, Killian Hayes waived by Detroit. This was after he said he, he wanted he wanted a trade, wanted a trade to find find himself somewhere else if he doesn't get minutes here then. After the deadline, they just said, "All right, bro, see you later." And then number eleven pick in twenty one, James Booknight, oh, weighed man. by the Hornets. So two guys that you you don't often see teams quit on first round picks within two two to three years, pro, and especially top fifteen. Generally, they're gonna at least let you stay the life of your your rookie deal, which is usually three to five years. Um, to see them is pretty. It's a pretty pointed um, assertion to their attitude and the way they went about things yeah
2: um i think with this league if you pay attention to it you know it's a copycat league and, and once you start seeing it once you know once and now you see it twice you're going to see this a lot i think that this is going to be something that teams are going to do more and more because, because you're not guaranteed you know it's a two year guarantee with three years of um of team options you know that they that they, they exercise year before they exercise the the one year the one year the one year um And I think that I think it's a wake up call to a lot of these draft picks that if you're not getting this stuff done, you know, teams are going to move on. They're going to cut you. And I really do believe that you have about 18 months as a normal draft pick. Not a not a Wimby or or, or anything like that. Those guys are a different breed. I'm talking about guys that are drafted 17, 22, 12, nine, especially in weak drafts. That if you don't really figure it out early you 're going to get moved, and especially with all these two ways, look, how many two ways are we seeing now getting signed to real deals because they 've gotten the job done, and you know a lot of first round picks are just sort of sitting on the fact that they were drafted a certain number, and you get these two way guys there's no difference between a two way draft pick and the guy who's drafted twenty two or nineteen mm. or sixteen yeah, there really isn't i mean if you get if you get your opportunity and you kick you kick the shit out of it. I mean, what but we historically see with, bro, um,
1: Historically, the issue was that these GMs would, would, would kind of be in some trouble if they fucked those first round picks up, right? So the issue you had in the past was if I draft the guy at eight, I, I need him to be good <laughs> because my owner is going to be like, Who the mm-hmm. so then they would usually get the benefit of the doubt for at least four to five years. Where we're seeing that now is it's changed. It's like, okay, two yep. years in, fuck it. Cut our losses, move on. Um and yeah. owners aren't putting as much pressure on GMs. I think that's what's probably changed from the the two thousands early two thousands to maybe mid two thousands uh, teens. Yeah. To now, I think that's what's really changed. The teams are just happy to say, "Fuck it, we'll move on."
2: Yeah, it just I, I think the timelines have moved up now, and I think again with all these two way contracts and guys sort of going in and out. I mean, you you looked at it with Gigi Jackson, second round pick, signed his four year deal. He's looking like a guy who probably can be a starter, maybe a little even better, could be a fourth or third option. Use a second round draft pick. You got a lot of these type of deals now that these draft picks, I think, because they're just low money and you know, you get off the money, you get off the player, especially if players are demanding time and they, you know, both those guys were underachieving, you know, very much so. And it just goes to show when you as a rookie, you got to hit it in June of right after the draft. You got to hit it and figure things out. Summer league, August, training camp, you know, free season. You got to really you figure things out quickly, and and to move this along. Because I think there's move this along because I think teams will move on from here. Now, top five, top six picks, probably not, but you know, even top seven. But like you're nine, anywhere from nine to you know nine to sixty. I think that you know there's no guarantee anymore, and I think. Especially with these uh, tax thresholds, where guys are getting off. Look at the Spencer Dimwitty deal, where they got off him because they didn't want to pay a one point five million dollars bonus. Like they, every million counts now. So they they're not really afraid to get off contracts.
1: Totally agree, and and especially when you're the number seven pick and you start making demands, and you're not doing much. You're gonna Oof. you know, get moved on quickly. Yeah, as as Pro said, Dinwiddie bought out by the Raptors to avoid that 1.5 million contract bonus for games played, so they they moved him on. Signed with the Lakers after clearing waivers. Oladipo waived by Memphis. OG an uh, and Inoubi, uh surgery to remove loose bone fragments in his right elbow out for three weeks. I dealt with that as a pain in the ass of an injury because every time you um go to shoot or extend that elbow you can feel those little fragments moving on your nerves and your little joint there so I saved mine at the end of the season stupidly but good to see him getting that that all cleaned up because he's going to be very very important for their their playoff run Gallinari way by Detroit signs in Milwaukee as pro said don't know why not going to really help them too much uh, Gigi Jackson to, uh, signs a four year with Memphis three years guaranteed Bismack Biombo signs with the Thunder for the rest of the season. 76 has signed Larry after he was bought out by Charlotte. Jimmy Butler's been on a leave of absence after the death of a family member. And I must say I tweeted this um a couple of weeks ago a couple of, maybe a week ago. The Miami Heat just continue to play really well when they're short handed. It's quite it's it's so weird. When they're short handed, they just they beat good teams. When they're fully healthy, they're some shit. It's just like I haven't seen this pro and and their run last Last season, that Cinderella run, getting to the finals, they had no business making. And then this season, it's the same old story. Whenever they have two or three of their main starters out or rotation guys, they play so well together. And then when they're fully healthy, it just looks clunky and shitty. I I just – I can't put my foot – I I don't know why. I can't put – I can't pick why, pro. I mean, maybe they're a bit more riled up when they're shorthanded, a bit more motivated that they – you know, everyone thinks they're going to lose, so they come out and play harder – but that only usually in this league pro that only usually works for two or three games a season. Um I just I, I don't understand that's a head scratcher that I have with the Miami Heat Pro.
2: Yeah. Look, we we're not we haven't penetrated those doors of Miami to figure out why they do the what what they do and, and what they actually do, like how you know, how they figure all this whole culture deal out. But you're right, they do win um when they're shorthanded. And and maybe that's what they do. They psych you up. Saying, hey, look, you got to wait your turn. Everybody under, you know, undervalues you. Blah blah blah. I don't know. Maybe it psychs them up. I have no idea. But um, you know, I remember Rick Carlisle telling guys on a different note, like, you know, teams play better on the road because you don't have to deal with home stuff, like you know, people at home asking for tickets. Da 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 da. Play better on the road. You're more focused. I, I, I didn't think it was a big deal, but then you start thinking about it and watching our team when, when, I, when I worked there, he was right. And maybe it's just a thing. Maybe it's just, you know, I don't know, a different mindset on, on either on the road or when you're short handed, where you don't really think much of it. You would think just the opposite on both ends, especially when you're short handed. In this league, where talent's 85% of the battle, if you, you know, is your talent and you, you're short handed, you win. Yeah, it's, it's a weird deal.
1: It's a weird deal. Yeah, very, very weird. But it's this isn't just a one month thing for the Miami Heat. This has been a problem for them for two or three years now, where they, they just somehow, yeah. you know if they're gonna if, if that's the way they play, then just money ball that shit. Get rid of all your max guys and just money ball the shit out of your roster. <laughs> just get all these all these gritty guys that just, you know, play hard in the minutes they're gonna play and get rid of your max guys, save some money and you'll still be a six or seven seed. Dyson Daniels torn meniscus in the left knee sidelining definitely, huge blow for the boomers. Um if he's out. You know, a few other guys aren't in form. He would have probably been taking a bigger role than he had in in the, um, the last Olympics, or, or sorry, the last world, uh, world Championships. I think he would have taken another step forward. So, and he's been playing some good basketball. So, sad to see him out. Uh, Ed Malloy referee, publicly admits that the foul on Brunson against Aaron Holiday should not have been called due to the contact occurring after the release, therefore it was incidental and marginal. The Knicks filed a protest with the NBA to dispute the 105-103 loss. Of course, that would have went to overtime. The Rockets and Knicks aren't scheduled to play again, so historically pro for our fans that, that are listening. When these kind of things happen for a potential reschedule, they'll usually do them before or after your next game against them. So you're already in the same city, blah, blah, blah. You play your regular game, and then you play the, the five-minute overtime for that other game so you can knock out those two wins or losses in that night. Problem is they don't play again. Um, are you going to fly them in to play them, to have that game rescheduled for a five-minute overtime period? I'm not sure. The league still has not put out a statement regarding it, I don't believe. And there's only been six protests in league history that have been upheld. If there's ever ever one that needs to be upheld, it is this one. But logistically, how do you do it, bro? I don't know, Bogues. Like you said,
2: this doesn't really happen a lot. And you know, I, I don't know how you would do it. I would just chalk it up to a fuck up and, and just move on. But hey, look, they think that, that obviously every win's important for playoff seeding. I don't know how you do it.
0: To be honest, I mean, what would you do? You fly Flip him it. in on the off day? Flip a coin. Yeah. Flip a coin. Let's say it's- Play it's, 2K. A, it's an over- Yeah, it's a, <laughs> you play 2K. Yeah, give me- Actually,
1: a good cross-marketing promotion for NBA 2K. Give me your best 2K player on Houston. They play- Maybe it's Jock Landale. Maybe we can get Jock on the, the 2K control. I doubt it is, but maybe. Never know. And we'll get get him to play some- Maybe Brunson on the, uh, on the Knicks. But I, I think- to fly them in for five minutes, it's probably not going to happen. I, I doubt the league will want to do that. The, lay, the the league hates rescheduling. They hate, you know, I remember when we had to fly through some storms, we flew through, we flew out of Memphis after a game one night. There was a tornado in the city during our game. They locked down the whole city. We still played our game in front of like a thousand reporters. And we, we, we drive out of the tunnel and there's bins and shit flying in the air. We still had to fly out and wait for the tornado to pass to get to our next city because the league absolutely despises any rescheduling. So, I highly doubt they do it. Hassan Whiteside has retired pro. Um, so hopefully he's too he's happy with his 2K rating when he retires because that was a big motivation for why he played. Um that's from his own mouth, not from mine. Um Kyle Kuzma opts to stay in DC to build to build. He likes what they're building there. He likes the future of uh the Washington Wizards, bro, he thinks there's a, a nice little segue there towards a the championship. He was quoted as saying he had a meeting with the the uh the GM and and they had a trade for him but he declined to be traded and said he wanted to stay there long term let me give you some advice um your your record is what are they 10 and whatever you know um whatever their record is it's shit they're not they're not taking your comments into consideration if they had a good trade on the table um that's the way the business goes you're not a team that's in the playoff hunt, you're not a team that probably is, is, okay, you're not the Golden State Warriors from a couple of years ago that you're like, look, we can still bounce back next season with this current roster with a few tweaks. You guys are in some shit um, and not going to be good for a couple of years at least. So those comments, Pro, were just absolutely comical, in my opinion.
2: 9-45, and I don't believe a word of it. And, (laughs) you know, I I just don't. Look, I I think Kuzma's a good player. I I wouldn't, you know, I don't think he's a great player by any stretch. I think he's a, a solid player. But, you know, much better than, like, Jordan. I'd rather him on my team than Jordan Poole. No offense to Jordan Poole, just a talent thing. And I think, you know, w- this whole social media deal of, like, everybody, every word you say, like, you think that you're going to be cemented in stone. Like, everybody's got to be, you know, at a 10 when it comes to, like, these quotes making you feel like you're this, like, high-integrity person. That never happened, in my opinion. <laughs> you know, um, I think that if he was going to get traded, they were going to move him. This, that team is a Titanic right now. And if they can get any assets, my, my feeling is they went to Dallas, you know, they probably asked for maybe multiple firsts or something like that. You know, Dallas is like, nah, not, you know, move, let's move on. And that was it. But of course, you have to make yourself the war hero, right? You have to, you know, you have to be, oh, you know, I'm here for Washington, blah, blah, blah. Makes you, you know, Gives you a little credibility, right? With the fans, oh, this guy's all in, da da. da. It's all bullshit. But I, I I don't I don't believe that
0: in a heartbeat.
1: That, if you're gonna say it, I, I think next time say it a couple of weeks before the deadline, just so we've got some balls on the line. Yeah. <laughs> because that'd, yeah. That'd be a good quote. Don't say it after the deadline closes. Um Isaiah Stewart arrested by Phoenix Police for assaulting Drew Eubanks in the t- arena tunnel. He was issued a citation and released. The investigation remains active. Is that was was that pre game? That was before the game. It was, yeah. So it was something lingering from their previous game, I'd assume. Is that the story? They
2: no one knows. They said it was be, like in, in the garage like either a parking garage or the tunnel going in. Um they they just again there was not a there's not a lot of information that's been released about it. Um, you know, but guy packed up and swung at the guy. Now, he didn't do any damage. I I guess Eubanks just shook it off like nothing, but yeah, very interesting.
1: Yeah, I'd assume, I don't, I don't know if they've, check if they've Trent, played. Trent,
0: anything? Have, have, they played, have they played already this season, Trent? I'll check.
1: So look at their play. I, I, I would assume something happened in their previous matchup maybe. Um, Eubanks probably yeah, had some is. words. Isaiah said, I'll see you after. Didn't manage to catch him after the game. You know, guys fly out quickly, all that kind of stuff. That'd be my only excuse. And then mm-hmm. maybe, you know, he's seen him and said, oh, here I am. Four weeks later, still angry, Bob. <laughs> yeah,
3: so they played each other on the sixth of November, and then they played each other like three days ago on the
1: fifteenth. So potentially, but like Pro said, there's not a lot of info no. on why. Or- it's kind of strange. Like you know, I doubt they're talking shit in the tunnel for no reason. So I, I would, I would educated guess. I think something happened November third, and Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart just had pent up rage for three, you know, three months and just remembered it <laughs> and then walked right up to him and punched him. That's my guess. But who, yeah. who the fuck knows, as Pro says. Caitlin Clark becomes women's NCAA all-time leading scorer, 3,528 points and counting. So congratulations to her and an absolute bucket. I hope we see her in the league soon. Get her involved with some more Star Weekends, Pro. I think that'll help too. She also she has, has a-, a good chance to break, break Pete
3: Maravich's all-time NCAA record, just ever. She's got about 15 games left, and she had like 49 in that game. She broke the record which was wow. like a career high for her. Yeah. So there's actually a good chance. Yeah. I think she's a couple hundred points off. Is the there whole a games time.
0: play
2: difference though? Um, yeah, three years. He played three years and no three point line. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That guy was fucking ridiculous. Folks, uh, Trent, look it up because somebody asked me about this a couple of weeks ago. He took like 28 shots a game. It's really? ridiculous. and I, I think even more than that. I think it was like 28 shots a game he took in college. The guy was ridiculous. I mean, he's so underrated as a player. I mean, the guy was the guy was ridiculous. Dad, of course, the two guys that hold the record, Bogues, the the guy who broke his record and him were both coached by their dad in college, and they both shot about 30 fucking times a game. <laughs> that's the formula.
0: You're gonna be half decent yeah, that's too. the formula. Have your dad coach.
2: Have your dad coach. But, yeah, uh, three years. I think it's like 3,900 points or something like that. And um, it yeah, says it's his nuts. field goal it,
3: attempts were like first year was 39.3, <laughs> second year was 37.5, and, and then the third year was 37.7. And he <laughs> shot about 37
0: shots a game, boats. <laughs> no three point line, too. <laughs> no three point
2: line. That's so, amazing. Jesus.
3: And yeah, he shot He's about unbelievable. 40, 44% from the field and averaged about 44 points a game over <laughs> his college career.
0: He's a, was he LSU? LSU. LSU, right? Yeah. yeah, LSU. He has a movie too, yeah. right? I think yeah. I watched that as a kid. It's called Pistol. It's a
2: great in Bogues. Get, if your kids are into basketball, we'll have them watch it. Like his dad had him like do all these dribbling drills and stuff. He's called, he has it a, was a bunch of Pistol, tapes right? to put
0: out. The movie's called Pistol, I think, isn't it? Bogues. Remember, remember when we were shooting and Carlisle
2: came over and did that like wrist pass? He was the one who did the wrist pass. <laughs> that was Maravich. <laughs>
0: remember, remember I that? that i blocked out a lot of carlos so my, my tenure with carl but i do remember that i do remember that
2: yeah it, it was a pretty cool pass though because i did watch it like red Hour back he used to do these shows on i remember like, that red with larry basketball. bird
0: you had all the players come on
2: yeah <laughs> it, but he had pistol and pistol did the wrist pass uh which will haunt my dreams now forever but yeah that was the guy
1: <laughs> good old rick all right Aussies of the week, Dante Exum has not played since January 26th, um, still out. He should be back post-All-Star break. Dyson Daniels, as I said, uh, left, left knee meniscus tear out indefinitely, but he had a pretty good couple of weeks. 8.5 points, 2.5 rebounds, 1 assist, 2.5 steals, 1.5 blocks. I think only a handful of games there. Josh Green, another really good week for him. 10.8 points, 3.4 rebounds, 2.4 assists, one steal per game, seven for 16 from three. Joe Ingles, 4.6 points, 1.4 rebounds, three assists, seven for 12 from three. So shooting the ball better for three for Joey. Jock Landale, not a lot of – he only played one game the last two weeks. Decent game for him, 2.9 rebounds, two assists in 13 minutes. In actual valuable minutes. So it was strange. He got got in the rotation there. Nine rebounds in 13 minutes, played well, and then went straight back to DNPville. So that was uh, a little bit frustrating for him, I'd, I'd imagine. Patty Mills, garbage time only, played. Was back in the rotation about four or five weeks ago. Back out of it now, played one game. He played 10 minutes, zero points. The rest have been DNPCDs. Matisse Thibel's been struggling, hasn't played well offensively over the last couple of weeks. 2.2 points, 1.2 rebounds, three assists a game. But doing his job at the defensive end, 2.2 steals a game. Josh Kiddy, really down week for him, down two weeks for him, 8.7 points, 4 rebounds, 3.5 assists. So the the uh the confidence just seems to be languishing a little bit. Um they they do pull him at times. He's playing much less minutes than he has. Ben Simmons, 8.2 points, 4.7 rebounds, 5.5 assists, 1.2 steals. I think he's injured again. I think something happened again to his knee or something like that. He had a knee contusion, I believe. Uh, so he's in and out of the lineup. Dwight Reith signed a three-year deal. On the uh, on the league minimum, I believe. Um, so, congratulations to him, a two way guy. They've converted another one that, that we talk about, Pro, that has just grinded and worked his way out. he had been good for Portland off the bench, six points, three rebounds in two games for them. But Josh Green gets it again. Uh, has, has had the best week, uh, best Aussie we've got over there for the last two weeks. You know, still averaging just under eleven points a game, shooting the ball well, and they're winning games. And and Dallas is playing better basketball, and he just seems to seems to be consistently better over the last month Josh Green has I think he's just starting to find his what is this year three for him I think year three or four I think he came in in 21 uh, he had one year with Carlisle I think yeah so but yeah just seems seems to be starting to figure it out so hopefully he can remain consistent there but we'll give it to, to Josh Green and for anyone counting our Aussies of the Week we thought Josh well, – Pro made a joke at the start of uh, this season that it's just going to be a, a gauntlet run by Josh Giddey again, which it was last season. But uh, we've got two for Dante Exum. We've got one for Dyson Daniels. We've got two for Josh Green. Joe Ingles, lift your game. you got zero. Jock's got zero. Paddy, zero. Matisse, zero. Josh Giddey has three. Um, ben Simmons, one. And Dwight Breathe one. So it's a close call. Josh Green and Dante's been hurt a lot. Um, they're probably pushing – um, Josh Green for the Aussie of the week, but they're both on the same team, so it can't be can't be them. I don't think um, going to be competing against each other for the most part. But we're we're keeping it close this season, somewhat strategically. And Don't has <laughs> one too, by the way. Yeah. All right. Stats useful or useless? First player with a thousand points, hundred and fifty blocks, and hundred and fifty assists through fifty career games would be who? Mm. You're going to have to guess Jokic. No, Wemby. Wemby has it. Uh, mm. So, yeah, 1,000 points, 150 blocks, 150 assists. Playing really well.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. On the sheet, you had 10,000 10, points. no,
1: but I said 1,000. Don't worry about the sheet. Was that Maravich? <laughs> James Harden. But, yes, it was Wemby yeah. Pro. Useful, useless. Oh, nice.
2: Uh, Useful. Fuck. He's breaking every other rookie record. Might as well be another one but yeah I think it's pretty useful
1: I he had a ten, I think he had a ten block shot game the other night like he, he's he, I had I him pick yeah. I, I remember I picked him as a flyer for defensive player of the year <laughs> like I didn't think he'd understand yeah, he really did. really, he did. really fl- like a flyer just based on like he just mm. accidentally blocked shots he's so long accidentally gets steals he's gonna be you know he's gonna be top top two top three in block shots for the rest for the next 10 fifteen years and I, I don't see he's the one Chet probably the only one that will be battling him for uh for that trophy. Mm. All right, Luka Doncic pro is scoring or assisting on 57.8 points per game this season to date. It's a most in NBA history, useful or useless. It's got to be
2: useful. It's got to be useful. I mean, the guy's, you know, the guy does it all. I I think he's the best player in the league, you know. He's ridiculous, but I, I don't know. These stats things, uh, some fucking moron will come out of the blue and say, well, his usage is too high. He does this too much. Everybody likes to fucking argue these days. I, I think it's pretty useful. I mean, it's 58 points a game on scoring an assistant, and it's the most in history. Yeah, why not? I think it's pretty useful. What do you think?
1: I think it's useful to show how dominant he is, but I also it gives me concerns about them as a team. Um, when you have one guy doing so much for you, an injury in a playoff series a bad shooting night you know that'll lose your game generally right um so that's my only concern I, I i don't I think it's a it's a good individual stat from a team performance perspective I don't love it I love a bit more of the ball moving around but he is so dominant and he's very very impressive with what he's doing he's one of the one of the most talented maestro type players we've got in our league beautiful to watch fun to watch but as a team perspective, if I'm a Mavs fan, it's a little bit concerning, just a tad bit. All right, now the Chicago Bulls have not traded for a player since August of 2021. Pro, useful or useless?
2: I think it's pretty useless, but it is a pretty interesting stat. But I, I mean, useless. But I don't know. Maybe it's useful because they're not good. I have no idea. I would say useless. But what, what do you think?
1: it's useful in a way just to show that they're stuck in no man's land right like we've spoken about this yeah. that they're, they're, they're since that derosan trade they haven't really done much with their roster and they need to do something with it it's like what is what is what is the plan with that roster what are you doing i have to check their picks and that i'm not too um in the know with their picks but just they're you know maybe if they played super well this season at best they are a seven like it's like Mm that so maybe maybe some movement to be made but I'll say it's useless just to show useful just to show that they haven't really been active and they probably should be All right, here's an interesting one we've got on uh, on Instagram that I found NBA debates I like these ones so I'm going to go through these let's see if you can guess these quickly Uh, we're going to go highest highest point per game increase player on each team so which which players increased their PPGs the most on each team so basically if they had 10 last season and 20 this season that would be a 10 Mm -hmm. point increase Houston who you got
2: um, I'm going to go with green, the guy green. Uh, what's uh, young the, um, young kid green.
1: Yeah. No, it's Sengren. Yeah. Uh, he has, he's, he's gone ah, from 14.8 yeah. to 21.6. So 6.8 increase for him. Um, who we have next Dallas, this one you never get.
2: Um, Dallas Mavericks. Um, I don't know. Give me two seconds. Let me just go through their roster on my head. I'm gonna go with Derek Jones Jr.
0: Cheat. You must have cheated.
2: No, no. I, I yeah, saw is, some guy him. tweet out something with like his top ten games this year. He's had some ridiculous scoring games. Like 29, 27. I think he's only averaging like eleven or something yeah, like that. Yeah, ten. But so he's doubled like
1: he, it. He's gone from five yeah. to ten point one, so a five point one increase. But I, it's a tough one to guess. That's well done. Uh, that's a good one. Uh okay, who do we have? Memphis. Oh shit. They're fuck I mean this is a uh, this is a tricky fuck. one.
2: Gigi Jackson? No, uh, he's a rookie. Um, I have no idea. Jaron Jackson Jr. eighteen point six to
1: twenty two point one. Yeah, but that'll that'll wow. probably change now because you've got a lot of random young guys playing. So once they hit their minimum of 15, 20 games, I'd assume that changes. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans.
2: Oof. Um, Trey and, Murphy.
1: No, Dyson Daniels three point eight to five point four, nice. a one point six increase. Oof. So not a Ouch. lot. Not a lot, not a lot there. Uh the Spurs. I'm gonna go with Oh geez, it's zero point five. Devin who zero zero point five point increase for two guys that are tied.
2: Devin, what's his name? Um fucking um No, it's not Devin uh, Devin wrong. Vassell? No,
1: Oh no, 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 Trey Jones. No, Collins and uh Sokan. Sochan, whatever. How do you say his name? Sochan. Sochan. So-chan. They've both gone up zero point five points from one from eleven to eleven point six and eleven point six to twelve point one. Super random, that one. Um, Golden State Warriors. Um, what's That's his name? Kaminga. Yeah, Kaminga. Five point two point increase from nine point nine to fifteen point one. Sacramento Kings. I have no idea. Keegan Murray twelve point two to fifteen point six, so three point four increase. Respect. The Lakers. Uh, Max Christie. No. Austin Reeves, plus 2.6, 13.0 to 15.6. Uh, Phoenix Suns.
2: Phoenix Suns. Um, I'm just going to throw. Shit. Um, I don't know. Ner... Grayson Allen.
1: It is Grayson Allen. Good guess. 10.4, oh, wow. 10.4 to 13.0, a 2.6 increase in his scoring. And the Clippers.
2: I was going to say Royce O'Neill. Um, The Clippers, I'm going to say, hold on, just when so we look at a
1: roster. Clippers, Clippers, you, uh, Clippers, If you get this one, you're cheating if you get this one.
2: No, def- definitely not. It, I, I wouldn't say P.J. Tucker. Um, <laughs> De- I don't know. De- no, Daniel Theis. I don't
1: know. No, Amir Kofi, uh, no, plus 2.2, so okay. 2. 3.4 to 5.6. All right, Chicago Bulls. It's a big jump. Chicago Bulls.
2: A big jump. Um I'm gonna oh I'm gonna go with Kobe White. Yep,
1: yeah, nine point two increase from last season. So nine point seven to eighteen point nine. Massive increase. Detroit Pistons.
2: Detroit Pistons. I'm gonna go with
1: uh I don't know, Jaden Ivey? No, Jalen Darun, uh point uh, four, four, four point nine from nine point one to fourteen. Uh the Cavs. Cleveland Cavs. I'm gonna go with uh Max Struce. Levert. Three point seven point increase from twelve point one to fifteen point eight. The Indiana Pacers tricky one because he wasn't with the Pacers last season. I don't think.
2: Oh, okay. It's not Doug McDermott. They just got him. Um, I'm gonna go with, dude. I, I Obi
1: Toppin. Yep. Yep. Seven point four nice. to eleven point two. Three point eight increase. Obviously, in that system, I think everyone's scoring has going up. Oh, fucking yeah. Average one hundred fifty points. All right, the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow, this oh, is Jesus. This is a. Strain. I'm gonna go
2: with. I'm gonna go with one of my favorite fucking guys on the team, but I don't even think he might even be a rookie. I have no idea. Um, AJ Green.
1: No, Giannis. Zero point two. That's the the biggest increase on their team. Everyone else has gone down. 0.2? One. Thirty-one point one to thirty-one point three. So basically, everyone else on that roster. Their last season's numbers were better offensively than this season. So, which makes sense because, I mean, their offense wasn't, wasn't the greatest um, with Griffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to go with Cam Thomas. Yes, 9.9. 9. That's our highest increase so far 9.9, 10.6 9. to 20.5. Uh, Philly.
2: Philly. I will go with um, Tyrese Maxey.
1: That's the one. Tyrese Maxey has gone up five point what is it? Five point four from twenty to twenty five point seven. Toronto. Oof. Uh I don't know. Scotty Barnes? Yes, Scotty Barnes, 15.3 oh, nice. 3 to twenty point two. Boston. Love it.
2: Boston. 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 I will go with
0: Derek White. Yes.
1: Three point five point increase, twelve point oh, four to fifteen point nine. The Knicks.
0: New York Knicks. Oh, man. I'm going to have to go with Jalen Brunson. Guy's averaging 20 yeah,
1: in the game. 2.5 increase. 24 to 26.5. Ride last, the wave. Yeah, last one. All right, the Atlanta Hawks.
0: Oh, this is our leader. Atlanta. This is our leader for increase. Uh, I'm going to go with Jalen Johnson.
1: Yes, he's at 10.0. Ah! 5.6 to 15.6. He's having a great year, great ba- a great bounce from last season. The Miami Heat, I'm it's gonna a tricky go one. With uh, Jovic. No, Duncan Robinson because he had a shitty year last year. So ah. he was at 6.4 last season, 13.2 this season, 6.8. My Orlando pith. Magic.
2: Uh, I'm going to go safe and go with Franz Wagner.
1: Banchero, 3.0 increase from 20 to 23.0. Uh, the Duke Washington guys. Washington Wizards. Tyus Jones. Denny Avdia. He had a 40 ball the other night. 9.2 oh. to 12.4, 3.2 increase. 30. Um, the Hornets.
2: Charlotte Hornets. I'm going to go with Miles
1: Bridget. Nick Richards, 8.2 to 9.6, only 1.4 increase. OKC. Okay, hmm.
2: Chad Holmgren doesn't count, right? So I'm going to no. go with
1: Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams, it is 4.6-point increase, 14.1 to 18.7. Blazers.
2: Uh, Af- Anfernee Simons.
1: Sharp had a 6.0 increase, 9.9 oh, wow, 15. to 15.9. He's nice. Had a Nice jump. Utah, the Jazz.
2: They traded my boy Federico, so I fought a Chico, whatever the fuck his name is, so it can't be him. It's not Walker
1: Kessler, is it? No, Colin Sexton, 3.1 increase, 14.3 to 17.4. Timberwolves?
2: Minnesota.
1: Let me see. Nas Reed? No, Towns, 1.8 increase, 20.8 to 22.6. And the Nuggets, the last one.
0: Denver Nuggets, I am going to go with uh, Jamal Murray.
1: Peyton Watson, uh, 3.5. He's gone from 3.3 oh, yeah. to 6.8. Right. So that's NBA Debates 1 on Instagram. they got some pretty cool shit on there. So if people like numbers and they they kind of put these posts up that are just different to anything you find on ESPN and even StatMuse, so they've got some nice stuff on there. Give them a shout-out and check them out. They've got some pretty cool shit. All right, moving on to NBL. All right, so the season's over, Pro. Uh, Melbourne with a wall-to-wall finish in First place, um, by far the best team throughout the regular season. We've had some ups and downs, but for the most part, just cruise control. They finished first. Perth, second place, and well-deserved rebound after a horrific start. They were in all sorts of problems in the first 10 games. You had Bryce Cotton's wife making Facebook posts, and you had this and you had that. They've worked their way out nicely. Tasmania, Scott Roth smoking those cigars in third. They, uh, they get the playing home game against Illawarra, who are in fourth. So Tatum's done a fantastic job in uh, getting them from, I think they were second slash last period of the season. They've got into fourth place. They will play Tasmania in a play-in. The Kings scrape in. The much-celebrated demise of the Sydney Kings might have to wait a while still, unfortunately, (laughs) at least another week or two. Uh, But they somehow scrape into the top six with a win over a depleted Southeast Melbourne and thankfully got their percentage up enough that then New Zealand losing to Adelaide bumped them down to six, so we could actually somehow pull a home final, so we get to make some money too, Pro, which is not always nice in that 5-6 battle. Um, let's chat team performances of the four teams that did not make it. Uh, Southeast Melbourne, look, they had an injury bug, mainly in the last quarter of the year, last third of the year, so they don't get a full pass. Um, I had them picked outside of the six in my preseason picks, and I've got those somewhere. I need to find them and revert back to them, but Paul Smith and I do. And that ownership group do our our picks with the whole league and we put them all in like a little group chat so no one can no one can change them and um I had them outside because I just I just don't don't like where they are. I, I think um a new coach, I think will have Mike Kelly should have his opportunity to bring his own players in this coming season, I believe. I'll probably give him one more year to figure that out. Creek is contracted next season. Can he carry this team is a question. Um the jury's out in my opinion. He's been there now year five or six He's been their mainstay, puts up great numbers, but can he, can he win? That's the question mark you have with him It's the one year they had the chance to do it was when they absolutely choked against Melbourne United, which was two or three years ago in that COVID year. They, they should have won that series and they, they choked it and that that's as, as close as they've been. So, um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how they reshape their roster and what they do. Creek's still a mainstay, still a top 10 player in the league, but is he your guy long term? Is that is it? Is it kind of fizzling out now? Maybe everyone needs greener pastures. Who knows? Um, so I'll be interested to see how they go. Adelaide, they were they fired CJ Bruton around about mid season. Scott Nunes has come in and done a fantastic job. Um, professional finish. I, I tremendous kudos to them. That 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 season could have went many different ways, and they continued to fight. They were. Technically, in contention to come and maybe t- take a playoff spot, but it was a pretty tough task for them to get to, from how far back they were. Um, I-, I think Ninus will will. Um, my pick is he's going to keep that job. That's that's my mail. I think he's going to keep that that head coaching job. How long they sign him for? What they do? I don't know, but I think he's going to keep that job for at least another season. Um, I think he's done a fantastic job with with just having them be professional and win. Um DJ Seavich, so a decent acquisition, not shooting a great clip, but some scoring punch they needed. I think that was a nice acquisition. They've locked him up long term. Can they win when it matters? You know, they were one of those teams that uh it's easier to play when you're mathematically knocked out of, of finals contention. No one's expecting you to be there. It's easier to play the spoiler all the time. Let's see it next season from from game one. That's probably the question mark with them. Cans, Taipans, they they look like a complete blow-up uh, of their roster. A lot of interesting things have gone down the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure what's going on in their camp, but um, to hear McCall has given a press con- basically gave statements before the game saying he's going to enjoy this as his last game, even though nothing was formally announced that he's gone. <laughs> I think he formally announced it for him, basically saying, you know, I've, enjoy- I've enjoyed my time here and blah blah blah. He was a guy that would coach them. He coached them in the preseason. Ford, the head coach Ford, let him coach them uh, in the preseason really tight with Ford. Something's happened there. They've had a huge falling out. Um, They must have had a fight or an argument or gone to blows. I'm not sure. Something's happened there. Pat Miller gave an interview after their last game pro, (laughs) which was um, over the weekend, and basically spilled the beans for the whole season. I don't know if you you thought that was his exit interview, but it was just like – You know, we had so much problems in the locker room. There was so much problems. There was infighting. So I'm not sure why he did that, but he was visibly frustrated. But even the commentators were like, whoa. They asked a question about how you think the game went, and he gave a whole spiel about how how terrible their team was as far as being tied in the locker room. So is a a 40 Allure Rub Thin up there in Cairns? Who knows? Um, But they're going to probably look to make some changes uh, roster-wise, definitely. Brisbane, a better season for them. Um, but still not. They just missed out on the playoffs by percentage. Aaron Bain's number will come off their books this season, which you know Bainesy was on rumored to be a, a million dollars a year or around about there, which severely hampered uh, the imports they could bring in. The imports were close to relevant for that squad. They actually competed pretty well for being a close to a playoff team. So I think they'll they'll address that. Um, and, and and get some good imports. I think they can better Harrison, their starting center, shining light, probably in contention for the most improved player, and more minutes for Rocco, the the young next star, there, the big big seven footer over there, um, showed flashes. They only really played him, you know, in in five to six minute bursts throughout games because they had obviously Baines and they had Harrison, they had two bigs in front of him. So interesting to see if they if Brisbane even bring Baines back. What Baines does, but they're they're trending in the right direction, which we haven't really said for for uh Brisbane in a long, long time. All NBL teams for me, I'm gonna go with some controversial picks, but my All NBL first team, going Chris Goulding, Bryce Cotton, Gary Clark, Lamb, and Jalen Adams. I think Adams' the second half of the season were elite. His first half arguably weren't great, but I think he deserves to be an NBL first nod. All NBL second team, I got Mitch Creek. I can't have him in the first his numbers are are elite. I can't have him in the first team if you don't if you finish dead last or outside of the six, you can't be in the first team, in my opinion. Um PJC from uh from New Zealand, Soby, Luala Chul I'm putting in there because United deserve two players in the top ten because they're dominated from start to finish. And I'm going with McAvey. um just based on Tasmania's season, I think um they could have had a few other guys, but he was probably their most consistent throughout the year and they deserve a player in the top ten just based on their performance finishing third. So some controversial ones in there, but that's fine. MVP Bryce Cotton, just don't worry about the rest of them. That's by far one of his most dominant seasons, the probably the first eight or nine games he's been on an absolute tear and and, and deserves it. I I don't think it's even close. Um, PJC's somehow in the MVP vote. I think that he's – was arguably their second best player on that team till you know lamb doing his achilles has hurt them but he's in the mix and, and and golding's in the final three with him but i think bryce has won that easily defensive player of the year i'm going with shay Ealy. uh i think he deserves it um just based on their performance you know finishing first wire to wire um deserves that No, most improved player i'm going with Julian galloway i think he's had a fantastic season i think he's gone from a relative unknown to playing nbl one to working on his craft in the off season harrison's the other one that's that's in the mix but they're not in the top six so i'm going to give the nod on galloway just on team performance and i think he's room for growth uh he's he's a a genuine nba uh, chance in the future and he's i think he's going to be a future boomer um in the short to, to, to near term once that aging roster starts to fizzle out Coach of the Year, controversial one, Trent tells me, but I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go with John Riley uh, with the Perth Wildcats. I think look, I think Dean Vickerman's roster in Melbourne, um, yeah, he has by far the best roster, the deepest roster. You could somewhat argue they should be first. Some would argue that with Perth, but they had all kinds of issues in the first ten games of the season. They they had all kinds of issues, people were asking for his head. I've loved the way he's navigated these these last 20 odd games and just got them focused on winning and got them from they were out of the plane at one point, I think, earlier in the season to to now being a formidable second place team. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to him. Tatum as well, definitely in the mix for me, but I just think that not coaching the whole season hurts that when you when you go coaching votes game to game. He only coached half the season, but he he definitely should be in the mix taking them from second last last to a playoff Position, uh, I think if you coached this whole, if Tatum coached the whole season from start to finish and they finished fourth, no brainer, he gets it. But I'm going to go with John really. So all you Perth Wildcats fans that think I'm always hating on you guys and and I, I try to keep bias aside, even though your your fans are absolute bananas, um, and probably will, sh- will struggle to listen to this podcast unless there's subtitles. But uh, John Riley is my is my vote for for you guys. And I've, that's I think that's two two Wildcats and the MVP. I'm supposed to hate Bryce, I can't put him as MVP, but I did. So that that's that. Sixth man of the year, Ian Clark, although in a few injuries there with Melbourne United, he's just he's just a, he's a starter for most teams in the league. They've got him coming off the bench. He's an absolute baller. Uh whenever they had they had runs where their offense dried up or whatnot this season, he would just come off the bench and make some big shots for him. And the next gen award, probably the worst award in professional sports, is it twenty 26- six? 26, uh, 25. So pro the, the NBA will change the rookie of the year award to this thing called the next generation award, which basically it's 25 and under players can win it. Don't ask me mm-hmm. why it's the dumbest award in sports. So like following my vote and he's going to win it. He still has a chance to win it for another year. I think until he hits 25 and he won it last year. So awesome. it's just, so they've gone away from rookie of the year, which I have no clue why, they're all, they're all my picks for the awards. Um, one gripe, NBL doing interviews during basketball, during games. They, they've got Scotty Pippen over here again for another tour pro. And they did this oh, last years. time he was here. And during the second quarter of the game. I don't know,
2: Hennessy was a league sponsor.
1: <laughs> Come on, bro. We love Scotty over here. We love Scotty over here. Um, <laughs> but they. They did this last time and they've done this with, with big names and celebrities before where they'll actually have them sit with the commentators for a whole fucking quarter and they'll just interview that person while the mm. game's going on. Like mm. the game's going on and there's no discussion about the game and it's it's such an awkwardness because you can see the commentators want to relay what's going on in the game but they're just talking to Scottie Pippen about mm-hmm. which is great, but I, I just don't understand and I think it's it diminishes your, what your product is. The, the, the game of basketball is – what people want and what people want to see. People will argue we're blowing out Southeast Melbourne by 20 or 30 points. Beside the point, this also happened to a game that was close a couple of months ago. So revert mm-hmm. back to that. The product is your game. Everything else is secondary to that. So the Scotty thing, do it at mm-hmm. a timeout, do it at halftime, do it pregame, do it post game. Don't do it during your product. That is the pinnacle. That's what you're selling. You're not selling the, the Scotty Pippen interview. So just a small little gripe. I hope they tweak Brad Newley and Tom Abercrombie. Brad Newley, Melbourne United, Tom Abercrombie, New Zealand legend, been with the Breakers for a number of years. One of their, one of their, I guess, homegrown talents that's been there for a long, long time, multiple championship winner. They've both announced their retirement. I play with Brad Newley in juniors. And with the national team, uh, he's the last one standing, I think, from my generation of, of Alex Marich, myself, and Aaron Bruce, and Stevie Markovic, and Reese Carter. Last man standing. We, we never thought he'd retire. I uh, just don't think he wants to go home and just just lace him up just yet. But uh, he has, and I, I would imagine he's going to be involved somehow in the NBL or Melbourne United. But uh, best of luck to both those guys, both legends of the NBL, and wish them all the best in that tricky afterlife that we all go through, pro. So there'll be a few bumps along the way, but that's how it goes. Uh, But that's all the NBL news. We have a playing game. The playing games start not this Wednesday, next Wednesday. Tasmania versus Lawara, followed by Sydney versus New Zealand. So I'll be there for that, and we'll see how that goes, Pro. What do you have for us in fact or fake news?
2: Bogues, a lot of talk about LeBron James over trade deadline. Uh, Golden State trying to trade for him, blah, blah, blah. A lot of talk about his son, not doing very well, uh, role player at best. At a no, very no, he, he could play ab- for the Lakers
1: now, bro. I someone said that yeah. a couple of months ago. I can't remember. Oh, was, yeah, the South LeBron. Bay it Lakers. Was Le, it was LeBron.
2: The South Bay Lakers in the G League. You're right, no <laughs> question about it. Um, okay, so a lot of talk about like where he's gonna play next, playing with his son, blah, you know, and all those things. My question to you: Factor fake news. There'd be ten teams minimum. That would take LeBron James. Say LeBron James wants to play for 15 million, and everybody had 15 million in the league to sign him with. You would take LeBron James and draft his son in the first round to get LeBron to play for you. Say that's a package deal, which he's basically said that he wants to play with his son. There are 10 teams minimum in the league that would pay him 15 million. Forget about the money. Money's money's an afterthought. Would take him on their roster and draft his son in the first round. Okay. And I first want round. a bonus question
0: okay. for you. First round. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's the I the the word is they want he wants them to draft him in the first round and then he'd he'd play for that team. That's the rumor. Let's just say it's fact. All right, so it's 10 teams that would take LeBron, trade for his son. I mean, draft his son in the first round. And for a bonus answer, I want you I want you to answer the team that, if it's not the Lakers, that would do this, what is your guess if it's not the Lakers? What team takes LeBron, drafts his son, and, yeah, what 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 would that team be? But the question is 10 teams or more that would do the trade, I mean, would pick up LeBron and draft his son in the first round. Fact or fake news, there are at least 10.
1: All right, so Pistons do it, the Wizards do it, the Hornets do it. Toronto do it, but he wouldn't go to Canada. But Toronto would do it, I think. Easy. Brooklyn would do it. Chicago would do it, that's six. Orlando, no, mm-hmm. Miami, no. Atlanta. Quinn, no. Uh Carlisle, no. Feeling None of the none of the top teams in, in their conferences will do it, so that's six. Spurs, no. Uh Portland, yes, seven. Memphis, eight. Utah, nine. Oh no, no. I don't think Utah will do it because they're mm. rebuilding young. They're rebuilding young. Uh Golden State, maybe. Um, you know, Joe Laker. Mm. Joe Laker's big thing was, them. you know, he he he'd love, he'd love to get he loves to get big prime free agents. Um, but mm. 10, maybe a stretch. Uh Sacramento, mm. maybe. But um that's a tough one. That's is it 10 teams? I think I think from a marketing perspective, there probably is 10 teams that would do it. That mm-hmm. first round picks the tricky one do you do you burn a first round pick, but you, you get it back in marketing alone man like you'd you'd make mm-hmm. it back tenfold so maybe maybe an owner that's looking to sell the team says do that and then puts the team up for sale six months later with LeBron on the roster mm-hmm. maybe that's the way mm-hmm. um which team would do it out of those ten which team would he go to first and foremost It'd have to be a small market right like I just don't see you know I'd say Chicago. Is mm-hmm. there in no man's land anyway? So it's like, fuck it. Like you might as well right. go, go go knock on MJ's old stomping grounds. Maybe you know try to break a few of his records while you're there. Um, but he's still playing at a high level too, which is crazy. But and and also yep. just a side note, that trade rumor I think was the biggest LeBron no, PR, no PR leak yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Yes, <laughs> like no doubt about it. Like, like I don't think Golden said we were no doing it. that. Like, like it's just, it, of, of course they probably said, you know, we, we'll give you a second round, like we'll give you nothing for it, which they can't do salary wise. But it's like, I'll oh, take Wiggins, take Wiggins off our hands, we'll do it, and someone else. But I think that was the biggest leak from Rich Paul I've ever seen, just to keep LeBron's name over All Star Weekend trending. But that's a tough one. Yeah, I, th- I think there is ten teams, and I'll just go with the Chicago Bulls, bro.
2: I say fake news, barely fake news. Here's the reason: A, your coach isn't coaching your team anymore. You gotta you gotta deal with the dynamic of LeBron James taking the ball out of your players that you're developing's hands, right? So like there are teams that are sort of a rudderless ship that would take them, right? I don't even know if Detroit would take them just because they got all these young players, but maybe they would, right? But there are there are very few. I do think Indiana would take them if they don't get because they got a lot of cap room and they're a sleeping giant. But and then I know they're trying to get Paul George in, in free agency this year because he hasn't signed his extension. But I'm not going to go through the teams, whatever. But I do think it'll be close. But I do think a lot of teams would have to be like because their head coach will lose most of the power, right? And then you <laughs> yeah. get the whole draft. You play his son if he's not ready. You know, that that's gonna be a tough one. And then you gotta deal with, you know, Rich Paul will probably have some say in what you do. Not a lot of not total say, but a little say, right? So, I think that there'll be a lot of teams reluctant to do that. And he's 39, but like he's still bringing it. I think the Dallas Mavericks are going to get LeBron James if it's not the LA Lakers. Really? And I'll tell you why. Wow. Look, you got Luka, Kyrie. All right. You've got those bigs that are really good with Lively and Gafford, right? It's Dallas. He's with, even though Cuban doesn't own the team anymore. But now they got that, you know, they've got, they also got that. They're also trying to get that casino going. I mean, that's just a sort of side note. But look, like he wants to win. Cuban in a heartbeat would would draft the kid. It, it's not even a cl- – like you could you could do the 15th pick to get LeBron there because I think LeBron could help a team. Now the problem is does LeBron want to take sort of a backseat to those other guys? That's another story. But think about it though, Bugs. right? Swallow market. Right. Not a, not a total small market, but a smaller market. You play with Luca, you, you know, you Luca and Kyrie and you throw LeBron in there. You're competitive.
0: Cheap. Yeah. You got Your cheap, bench cheap is
2: okay. Yep. They got to shed off some money. You know, th- unless he just says, fuck it. I don't think LeBron's ego will let him play for the vet minimum or biannual exception. They're right around the apron. I think they're at like 160. Um, if not more, on their salary. I could be a little off on that. But they could shed salary. They can get off a contract here and there. But you, you re-sign P.J. Washington for short money, right? You get you get most of your bench back. You put LeBron in there. Nico Harrison, huge Nike exec that has a a very good relationship with LeBron. It sort of makes sense. Why would you want to go to Detroit for more money or go to like – a team like that or Toronto or Washington when you go to you go to Dallas it's first you know it'll be a first level deal and they'll draft your son Cuban would do that to get LeBron no question cuz they'll get off the con- they'll get off the deal if it doesn't work and whatever they could always get off of it but i say that fake news cuz i don't think there are 10 teams but i do think the Dallas Mavericks Um, If it's not the L.A. Lakers, it's going to be the Dallas Mavericks. He goes back to the Lakers, even if the Lakers would do it, because I think the Lakers would draft a kid. But you're not going to win there. You got no, you know. I don't know what they can do salary wise. Maybe they could bring in another player, but you know, right now you've got two All Star level players that you're playing with. You know, you've got a good bench. You've got, you know, you've got a lot of good things in Dallas. I say the Dallas Mavericks are a dark horse to sign LeBron if he leaves the Lakers this summer.
1: Yeah, an interesting talking point. Um just to see and maybe what where his priorities lie. Are the priorities still I want to play with my son but still be competitive enough mm-hmm. to win a championship? Then then yeah, Dallas makes total sense. But if it's just play with my son at all costs um and not too worried about the wins, that's when I'd lean mm-hmm. to Chicago out of the shitty teams. Like like I think I agree with your point. Yeah. I, I, like I think Detroit and all that would look at it, but he wouldn't go to Detroit. Toronto, maybe Brooklyn, because yeah. bigger market, New York City, maybe maybe all that yeah. kind of stuff. But I think Chicago yeah. and Chicago Brooklyn are probably the two of the shitty teams mm-hmm. that are like big markets, can do a lot of his you know, marketing, branding in those big cities and do a lot of damage with that kind of stuff off the court, maybe, but uh that, mm-hmm. that's a good one. I mean, I don't know what kid Jason Kidd and his relationship are like and all that kind of stuff, and, and can he would he be okay mm-hmm. knowing that Luca is scoring or assisting on fifty eight points a game <laughs> <laughs> Would he be all right being, yeah? But Lebon, imagine he's LeBron useful off the ball, though. You know what I mean? Like, you, you'd probably that's have him. A, he's your stretch, he's a stretch four later in his career, right? Like, that's why mm-hmm. he's playing well, on that team. He'd be a, a three four, um, create a lot of mismatches, and you can do that defensively. And I think it actually plays better for him not having a guard chase, got quick guys in the perimeter, right? Um, yeah. so interesting, yeah. yeah, interesting note,
2: yeah. Defensively is where they're going to have their problems, right? Luca, Kyrie, him, you know, you know, PJ Washington is probably their best defender on the perimeter that they have, and PJ's not a great defender either. And Lively's a very good rim protector. Gafford too. They got a couple of good defenders coming off the bench, and, and you know, and then you get some energy guys here and there. You got Green. I just think for the Dallas Mavericks, it puts them, it puts them at another level as far as like up in the stakes. It, it allows you to acquire a player. And I think that LeBron wouldn't really care about the money that much. I think you could I think if they don't enter the apron, they can give them that 9.5 million mid-level exception. But think about it, it fits. Like it makes the it makes the Mavericks better. They don't have to worry about playing the sun. It's not a big deal there, I don't think. But like you're not going to acquire a player, you know, because of their money strapped. You're not going to acquire a player as good as LeBron James. Agency, you yeah. just draft no the sun. You know, I I could see Cuban making that deal in a
1: second. Yeah, that'll be interesting. We'll see, bro. Maybe, uh, maybe you got one right in the future, but uh, it's gonna be a, an absolute shit show in off season though, with discussing all this kind of stuff and all the, all the media takes and oh, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So we'll uh, we'll see how it all goes, bro. That's another ep in the books. Appreciate everyone following. Uh, if you are in Australia, get out and support your local NBL team if they got a playing game or a finals game. Um, and we'll see everyone in a couple of weeks, bro. All
2: right, folks. I'll see you guys later.